few weeks ago, as we know, we had uh, the, the Hebrew, the Jewish holiday, the biblical holiday of Shavuot, which is the Feast of Weeks, uh, which is Pentecost. So that was a few weeks ago. So in our Torah readings, we're, we are now post-Pentecost. And we know that Pentecost, Shavuot, is the giving of the word at Sinai. It's also the giving of the Holy Spirit. So it's the empowerment. Pentecost is the empowerment. But then what? Listen, if you guys stay quiet, I'm going to do that church thing where, where they say, speak to you, say to your neighbor, then what? <laughs> so, Pentecost is the empowerment. Help, help me preach, sister. Pentecost is the empowerment. So then what? And when we read the Torah portions, we realize that after the empowerment of the, of the Spirit comes the assignment. After the empowerment comes the assignment. And last week we saw an assignment given to the children of Israel and they did not receive the assignment because the assignment was too big for them. They saw the giants in the land. They looked like this, like this big, and the giants looked like this big, and they're like, no way, we're not taking the assignment. So last week, we saw an impediment to receiving your calling and your destiny by looking at what God gave you and saying, no, that's just too big for my abilities. And our lesson from last week is, I mean, it's a no-brainer, right? I mean, with God, all things are possible. I mean, with God, with God. I mean, who's the, who's the giant and who's the grasshopper? When God gives us a territory, a land, that's where the grasshoppers are. Oh, and don't forget that grasshoppers are kosher animals. <laughs> that's why we feed. That's why it says that those giants are bread for us. We can eat those things. <laughs> Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. All right. But this week, we see another assignment, and unlike last week where the assignment was too big to receive, this week we see an assignment that wasn't received because it wasn't big enough. This week, we see an assignment that was not received because the assignment was not big enough. As we read in our Torah readings, the Torah portion we're at right now is Korach, which is Korah. Now, we kind of know the story of Korah. He rebelled against Moses. I, I, I made a limerick about that a while ago. Remember that? There once was a man named Korah who's in this week's portion of Torah. He rebelled against Moses. Now he's pushing up roses. And he ain't rebelling anymore. All right, thank you. Good night. No, just that was from a while ago. Anyway, so we know the story of Korah, um, that he rebelled and the earth swallowed him up and his company. Uh, but in, in this, when we look into the details of the, of the writings of the Torah and the writings of Moses, we see a little detail of what got him to that point. Because rebellions like that, they don't happen overnight. Something is festering. We're seeing the outcome of it, 
But what was it in Korah that was festering? And we see something from Moses that gives us a, a glimpse into that. And Moses said to Korah, is it too small a thing that you were made a Levite, that you are God's special portion to care for and tend to the tabernacle? That you want the priesthood too? Let me repeat that. Korah was, was an important guy. He was an important dude. He had an amazing function. He had a calling and a purpose on his life and an amazing calling. He wasn't the laity. He was a Levite, God's special portion. Special portion the Levites were. All the other tribes, it says they got portions of land, as we know. In Israel, they all got portions. Guess what? The Levites didn't even get a portion of land. Why? Because Adonai is their portion. They are the original in the world, but not of the world. They lived in the land, but they didn't have land. Special portion, special calling. And it didn't matter if they did something extravagant like set up the tabernacle or put on the curtains, which was kind of cool, or they did something a little more messy like dig up last night's sacrifices and bring it outside the camp. They had special, special responsibility. These are people with a, with a divine calling, a divine purpose, and a mission from heaven. And Korah looked at Aaron and Moses, and said, I want that. Moses said to Korah, it's, is it not enough to have what you have? Is it not enough that you're called out so specially? You need to have the high priesthood too? It was jealousy. Ooh, jealousy. The J word. There's no J in Hebrew, except for Jedediah. <laughs> but jealousy in Hebrew is, is, is a, it's a simple word, kana. And it starts with the, uh, the letter kuf. So it's the K word. No, the cuff word. The cuff word. <laughs> it is a cuss word, the cuff word. Jealousy is what festered. Jealousy was that demon in Korah that consumed him. So, Father, help us to understand today what, what the lesson is of this, of this jealousy. Let, let, me just, let me just put it out there right now. Jealousy is from the pit of hell. Looking at other people's stuff and saying, I want that, and I'm not satisfied with what I got because I'm looking at other people's stuff, and getting consumed with other people's stuff rather than what God has given you, that is from the pit of hell. And it's sin. You know, the Torah avoids, actually, calling thoughts sin. Like, you won't find anything in Torah that says, like, being angry is sin or, or being depressed is sin. But guess what? Don't covet is in the Ten Commandments. Right? It's a sin. It's, it's ancient. What would be the word? It's, it's ancient. It's, 
it's, it's primal. It's deeply ingrained into humanity. Just, 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 give, just give one of your sons a $5 bill and give your other a $10 bill, and we'll see how ingrained it is in humanity. Real quick. It's ancient. It's primal. It's what caused Cain to kill Abel. Cain was jealous of Abel because Abel got favor from God in his offering and God, God judged Cain's offering for not really being from the heart. It wasn't first fruits. And he was jealous of the favor. So before the first murder in humanity, we had jealousy. So let's take a look into that. This whole concept of not receiving the calling that you have, but looking at the calling of others. You know, the Jewish people, there was a time back in the time of the, Mac, in the, time of the Maccabees. Anybody familiar with the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah? Uh, it's not something that's in the Torah because the, the situation happened after actually the Old Testament was closed. In fact, the, the time of Hanukkah happened between the closure of the Tanakh, the Old Testament, the closure of the Old Testament and the opening of, of, of the New Testament in Yeshua's time. So it was during that time that the story of Hanukkah happened. And during that time, Jews were forbidden from reading Torah. They were forbidden from reading Torah. Because uh, the uh, the Syro uh, Greeks they, they kind of owned the land at that time uh, they didn't uh, uh, the Jewish people didn't have autonomous rule over Israel in Israel at that time and um, the emperors there or whatever you want to call the kings uh, said it's forbidden now for you guys to read Torah so what the Jews did they get creative and they said okay if we can't read the Torah we're going to go into the other parts of the Old Testament and find find um, portions similar to the weekly Torah portion. And do you know? And they read that, and and they still do to this day. In every Jewish synagogue, you'll see a reading of the Torah and a reading of what's called the Haftarah, which is actually like one of the readings from the prophets or something like that, which relates to the Torah portion. And that came from the time of Hanukkah, the, the Maccabean time, when the Jews were not allowed to read Torah. So they said, "You ain't going to stop us from reading the Word of God. We're going to find something related, and we'll chat about it." Amen. So. The, the Haftorah, the prophetic portion for today that equates with Torah, with, um, with Korah, with, with the portion of Korah, is the story of King Saul. Isn't that amazing? Now Saul is somebody, King Saul is somebody that kind of breaks my heart. And he always has. Because, like, Saul had it. You know what I mean? Like, he had the Holy Spirit. He was in. Like, he, he, was, he was king, he was anointed, he led battles. I mean, he had it. And he was a, just a flawed human being, but he let his flaws consume him. And you could do a whole study on Saul, but one of his flaws was his jealousy. Because here's this little runt named David. You know, this little punk who's going to battle, and the people are singing his praises, Saul is king, but the people are singing his praises. And a, a saying, do we know what the saying is? Do you know your, this description of the saying? Saul killed, I don't know what the melody was. Apparently it was a song, you know? Sounds like a lame song, but they were singing it. Saul kills his thousands, but David, his ten thousand. Let me tell you something about true leadership. 
If there is somebody who you're discipling or, who, or you're a student of yours or an underling of yours, and they're singing their, he said that the people are singing their praise saying that your student slays 10,000 and you only slay 1,000, you know what you're supposed to do? Baruch Hashem. Let me tell you what true leadership is. Leadership is the people under you going far greater than you've ever gone. Not to be jealous. Not to hold on to what you have. Congregational leaders need to know this. Rabbi Brian gets his thousand amens. But Bob gets his 10,000 amens. Hallelujah. I'm not jealous of Bob. A little jealous of his hair, but... That is what leadership is. You rejoice when other people excel. Because Yeshua did that. He said, greater things you're going to do. In fact, he went to the Father so we can do greater things. Imagine Yeshua saying, well, you can't really go this far because I did that. He gave up his glory. He who knew no sin became sin, so we can be the righteousness of God. He went to, be, went to the Father so we can take the baton from him and just change this world and turn it upside down and turn it right side up. And turn an upside down world right side up. Come on now. Come on, don't get quiet on me again. <laughs> Bless the Lord. Yes, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Do you know what a tactic of the enemy is? This is, this is like battle plan kindergarten stuff. This is like, you know, when they teach you about uh, war strategies and tactics when you're in kindergarten. Right? Aiden, when you were in kindergarten, they teach you about war? No, I don't know. No, they don't. But... It's kindergarten stuff. Kindergarten stuff. The tactic is diversion. The tactic of the enemy is diversion. Let me explain what the tactic, the the battle tactic of diversion is. The enemy, your enemy, will pretend there's a battle over here. To draw your attention away. So the enemy can have a clear shot at you here. And I tell you right now, I tell you this right now, I tell you this with truth, that that is the number one tactic of the enemy, to draw our attention away from what God has for us so we're looking at something else so he can take pot shots at us. Because if we're looking at somebody else's calling and we're going to fall short, we're looking in the wrong place. And the enemy has clear shots, clear shots, because we're looking the wrong way. It's a tactic of the enemy. Don't let anyone else define your territory. God defines and gives our territory. Thank you, Adonai. Thank you. You know, you know there's a scripture that kind of kicks jealousy in the butt. Yeshua had the ability to like punch demons in the gut, you know, 
And if you're dealing with something, like he has, he has the right words. So just kind of just cut to the, cut to the, cut to what needs to be cut to. Get the junk out, and let's just get to the source of this thing. So it's one of his parables. If I was a disciple of Yeshua, I would not have done well, because I don't really understand parables that much. My mind is very mathematical, and I don't understand parables and metaphors so easily and quickly. I have the benefit of decades of reading the scriptures, so now I kind of understand what they mean. But if I was with Yeshua 2,000 years ago, I would have been one of those disciples that after he left, I would have went, what the heck was he just talking about? What the heck was he saying? So one of the parables, <laughs> um, so it's about the kingdom, as his parables were, and there was um, owner of a vineyard. The vineyard needed some work, so uh, goes out and finds some workers early in the day. He pays them. In the Greek, it's denarius, you know, but it's, it's a certain amount. And then later, he finds some more workers kind of sitting around, hires them for the same amount. Later on in the day, he hires some, hires some more workers, gives them the same amount. Goes out very late in the day, hires some workers, gives them the same amount. So now it's time to pay up. And he's paying all his workers. And the ones that were there all day sweating saw the owner give the workers that were just there for a few, for an hour, half hour, the same amount. And they got upset about it. And here's the words from Yeshua that punches jealousy in the gut. He said, is, is your eye envious because I I'm generous. Are you envious? This is God talking. Are you envious because I'm generous? See, when we recognize that all gifts come from God, yours, theirs, and everybody gets that same denarius, do you know that the, the, the thief on the cross gets the same reward as the tried and true 50-year-old believer, 50 years believing? You know what I'm saying? We get the same salvation. And when we recognize what, what other people have, is, is there, it's, it's God being generous to them as God is generous to you. You know, and... and it's, it's, Pastor, I deal with it. You know, I, I, believe me, I deal with it. I could look at other, as a rabbi, I do. I could look at other congregations that are a lot slicker, a lot cooler, that got it all together, that are a lot more, have a lot more people, and have, you know, and have just amazing everything. Oh, and I can go there, but you know how God corrects me? Listen. You know God corrects me with that? This is so important. Like, if I ever had this thought of, like, why, why can't we be as anointed as it? Well, obviously we're the most anointed, but, you know. Why can't we be as this, as that congregation or that? Anytime that thought comes to me, this, I'm going to tell you what the Lord, how he spoke to me directly on this, how I feel the Holy Spirit 
He says, why are, you, why are you looking at that as a measure of success? Who told you that what you're looking at is a measure of success? I'm getting a note passed to me. Mid-sermon. I'm going to have to talk to somebody about this. Eight pounds, one ounce, hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on now. Bless the Lord. Woo! Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Come on. Thank you, Adonai. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Come on now. People watching online are like, what happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? Thank you, Father. Woo! Very good. Very good. Yes? Go ahead. Go ahead. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on. God is doing miracles. This is a day of miracles. Oh, yeah. He's turning everything upside down, right side up. God said you're looking at external things in these other congregations. Whenever I have this little feeling, he's like, you're looking at external things. He's like, do you know some of the congregations that you're looking at? They may think that you may look like they got it all together, but there's a lot of disunity there. And there's a lot of control going over there. And there's um, a lot of fighting going on over there. So I felt that God was telling me that almost like what, he, what Moses told Korah, like, are you not satisfied? I gave you a congregation that's healthy from the inside. I gave you a body where people genuinely like love each other and support each other. Like you're healthy in the inside. Don't go looking at the light shows. Come on. What's your measure of success? Like if you're, not, if you're not measuring up to what your definition of success is, it doesn't mean you're not measuring up. It looks like you're, you're looking at the wrong measure. Thank you, Adonai. And you know what? It's a healthy thing to want more. It's, an, it's a healthy thing. You know, the kingdom is about growth. And it's healthy to want more. But you got to be faithful to what God gave you. You have to be faithful. You have to be faithful. Another parable that took me a couple decades to get. Right? Like the talents. Like he gave, you know, this, this person a certain amount of talents to take care of his, take care of his territory. You know, but, but when it was, they were faithful, faithful with a few, then they were given more. May we be faithful with what God gave us. May we not spurn what God gave us. May we not think of what he gave us as grasshoppers because we we see things as giants. Be faithful to what God gave you. Everybody has a territory. That's the post Pentecost message. But praise God when he gives somebody a 10,000 person ministry 
And praise God that he gives you a, a family to minister to. I remember a, um, a meme, one of those words you'd never heard of until Facebook came along, meme, on Facebook where it was like this one guy in a, uh, uh, like a really boring car. What's an example of a boring car? Like a, a, a Honda or something. Station wagon, right? So a guy in a station wagon was looking at a guy in a Porsche and saying, man, I wish I had that. And then there was a guy in like this really broken down jalopy looking at the station wagon saying, man, I wish I had that. And then there was somebody in a bicycle that looked at the jalopy and said, man, I wish I could afford that. And then there was somebody that just didn't, couldn't even afford a bicycle, look at the person on the bicycle, with the bicycle and say, man, I wish I could afford that. And then there was a person in a wheelchair looking at the person with the legs that can walk and say, man, I wish I had that. The lesson is don't despise what God gave you. Be faithful with what God gave you. Rejoice when he's generous with others. Rejoice with our brothers and sisters when they're blessed. And kick that comparative spirit out. Kick that demonic comparative spirit out. Don't let anybody else define your worth. Don't let anybody else define your success. More so than ever, we are in the day of superficiality. Because people post pretty little pictures on Facebook. And it's like looking at the church with the, sh with the light show and thinking, boy, they got it all together. We, we, we kind of post. <laughs> we present ourselves on social media like we want people to see. So don't let that distract you. Don't be like Korah and seek something that God gave to somebody else. Rejoice in the success and the generosity that God has for others. Do what Saul couldn't. David got his 10,000. Baruch Hashem. Go, David. Go, David. Go, David. That's what God is waiting for from his body. Because from his perspective, we are one. We are one from his perspective. And it's all a denarius for you, and it's a denarius for you, and it's a denarius for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's all the same. For, do you really think God sees a difference between 10,000 people and 100 people? The God of, of eternity? It's all the same from him. Rejoice when your brothers and sisters are blessed. Rejoice in what God gave you, the territory, the post-Pentecost territory that God gave you. Don't think of it as too small. Think of it as just right. Because he gives good gifts. And if he withholds, he knows why he's withholding. So don't worry about it. Thank you, Adonai. So Father, we just repent right now for a, a spirit of jealousy that we know is very old. It was with Cain against Abel. It's, it's primal and it's old and it's sinful and we repent of it. We acknowledge it. We take responsibility for it. We don't blame others. Lord God, we just repent of it, Lord, and we just remove it and renounce it in the name of Yeshua. Father, help us to 
receive the gift. As we open Shabbat with a gift, speaking about a gift, may we receive the gifts that you've given us and not fall into the tactic of the enemy to look at the gifts that the other guy got. Father, thank you, Adonai. We lift this up to you. Bless you, Lord. Bless you. In Yeshua's name, amen.